Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction blog talk radio show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning. This is Ursula Oates, and welcome to NABWIC Talks. And I am the CEO of Sula2, and we capture, preserve, and present legacy information in any form that we can, from books to live presentations. So that's what we do here. In fact, for NABWIC, we get to present to you all of these wonderful stories about the journeys of the individuals that are members of this organization or associates of this organization. And we all benefit from these stories. Can't wait to hear from the one today. Our guest today is Rhonda Stevens-Grayer, and she's the president of W.T. Stevens Construction Incorporated. She grew up in the business, and it's a family business, and it's been operating for over 30 years. And she's been involved in every aspect of that family business at every level, from working in the field to managing all of the business contracts and functions. She is continuing her father's legacy, and in doing so, she's increased their revenues from 750000 to $10 million. So you know we want to hear this story. Good morning, Rhonda. Good morning. You're probably on mute. (laughs) Good morning, Rhonda. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. You're right. I was on mute. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited about hearing your story and sharing it with our audience. So first of all, tell us about yourself. Who are you and exactly what do you all do? Uh, I'm Rhonda Grayer, and I'm the president and CEO of W.T. Stevens Construction. And we're a female-owned general contractor focusing on demolition and waterline replacements most recently with our crisis in Flint. We do um, a lot of governmental work. Um, We do commercial rehab as well. Okay. And we're, We're, we're we're really excited about the opportunities that um, are available in the infrastructure, going on in infrastructure all around the country right now. Um, we're based in Flint. Um, we're affiliated, of, of course, with the Detroit chapter of NAPWIC. All right. So 
Tell, tell us about the history of the company. It's a family-owned, but how far back does it go, and who started it, and why? Actually, actually, my, my dad, um, he grew up in Louisiana, and his father was a farmer, and so construction and working outdoors came very natural to him. And he migrated uh, to, actually, he went to Houston and worked with his brother who had a landscaping business, and then he migrated to Flint where he um, actually worked for General Motors and uh, did construction on the side for many, many years. And then he um, retired from General Motors and went into construction full-time. And I have seven brothers and sisters, and we have all worked in the business in some capacity um, over the years. Wow. And we're really excited to, we're really excited to, uh, to carry on his legacy. He was a uh, very um, good man, thoughtful man, loved to, you know, employ people from the community and, you know, train people. And um, we, we just want to make sure that we are uh, carrying that legacy out appropriately. And so we're excited, you know, in the face of, of this tragedy in Flint to be able to um, have a, to be a bright light in spite of. So based on the conversation so far, I take it that one of the reasons that you went from 750,000 to 10 million has to do with what took place, the, the, um, the tragedy, but tell us about pre that time frame. Then when the opportunity presented itself, and how did you prepare and then deliver, given that radical jump? Um, we were, um, again, so about $750,000 a year. We did demolition, um, and we did some commercial rehab. We worked um, quite a bit at Selfridge Air Force Base um, on the outskirts of Detroit um, doing commercial rehab. And so um, that is what, you know, sustained us. Um, demolition mostly is, was our core um, at the time. And uh, just understanding um, water line replacement, 85% of it is excavation, so it's, it's digging. And so digging was already our space uh, just because of what we do in demolition and what my father did, you know, as an entrepreneur. And so we added a subject matter expert who was a plumber, and uh, he provided the, you know, expertise the, that we needed to make up the other 15% of what's involved in replacing water lines. And mm-hmm. uh, just in terms of jumping from 750 to $10 million, um, we had a partner, and so um, he provided uh, the additional bonding that we needed. Uh, so, okay. So, so, so partnerships are really important, important when you're small. Um, in your effort to grow, mm-hmm. so because bonding uh, is like bonding is like insurance. So you know, the more you work, you do the the greater the opportunity to bond. Um, as the revenues increase, your bonding will increase incrementally. You know, with your revenues, and so that was you know, had we not found a partner, um, this uh, collaboration would not have been possible. So. Tell me about, I don't want to use the word emotions, but what what thought processes, what did you all, how did you prepare yourselves mentally to handle that kind of jump? I mean, what what what, what, is, what is it like management-wise? I know you had the wherewithal to go find a subject matter expert, but what else happened? 
uh, it actually it was a very uh, uh, it was a very scary at first because you know what it takes to manage seven hundred and fifty thousand it takes a completely different infrastructure to manage ten million, and so we were kind of at a uh, a shortfall in that area. So um, we quickly uh, brought on a couple of um, hired a couple of employees to um, to assist with that. Mostly the um, the data the data collection that we had to do with was um, massive. Um, if you you know dealing just doing governmental work in itself is a tremendous amount of paperwork, but you know when you're dealing with the number of units that we had to complete and we had to collect certain information on each unit. Um, so you can imagine that the, the paperwork was absolutely massive. So um, we brought on a, a, a technical person that, you know, helped us put together, you know, our, our program to collect the information, which was really um, one of the key things for us because, you know, you, you get, you have the, you have your customer who's asking you for information, and then you have your owner who's asking you for information as well. So that was one of the, the key points that was really um, important for us. And then, we forged um, partnerships with um, equipment rental companies because we went from, you know, utilizing, you know, maybe five pieces of equipment to needing, you know, 20 or, you know, 20 or more pieces of equipment, heavy equipment. And so um, when we first got started on the project, we um, rented and, and we leased to own. So we did forge those relationships that, you know, also made it possible. hmm so my next question is, all right, when you when you go through that kind of increase due to tragic situations or, um, well, the question is, at some point in time, you will complete this effort. How are you preparing yourself to maintain after, or is this such a long-term project you're not even thinking about that? I mean, how? what is the duration, and, and how are you preparing yourself for the aftermath of success? Uh, actually, it, it, it is not. This project was supposed to be wrapped up in three years, and we're on year three. So this will be the last year of the replacement of pipes in the city of Flint. But um, it is aging pipes and contamination is a problem all across the country. Um, one of our part of our strategic plan is to uh, forge relationships in the Detroit area and bid on some of their work because they have 125,000 aging lines, and you know they are aging and contaminated lines all across the state of Michigan, let alone the United States of America. So we've already started building relationships and we've already started bidding on work in the city of Detroit. Okay, all right. Now with with my comfort level there, because I was beginning to worry. So, oh my God, if you increase that quickly, then what happens afterwards? So, I am very thrilled to know um, you have a plan and you're working that plan. And congratulations on that. But I should not have expected anything different. If you can handle what you've done, then you have the foresight to think ahead. Um, <laughs> so, my question now is. NABWIC, this is a show about NABWIC members, and you are a NABWIC member. What is your experience? Well, before I ask that question, we have a question from someone that's listening. So um, last four digits of your number is 5193. I have just opened your line. Good morning. 
Good morning. This is Jackie Perry. How is everybody? Oh, great. Hi, Jackie. Hi. I am so excited. Um, Good morning, and uh, especially to be able to uh, greet uh, our guest this morning, uh, Ms. Grayer. Uh, Thank you for being on the show. And uh, I was just so intrigued, again, uh, bringing revenues from 750000 to $10 Uh, My question... Uh, concerns um, whether or not the business uh, became a uh, 8A uh, company or had any other designations that helped propel you to uh, your current status. Uh, we we were 8A. We timed out in January of 2019, so we're no longer 8A, but we are um, WBE, MBE, uh, CDE with the uh, Michigan Department of Transportation. Uh, we're also um, SBE, which is airport certification. We're also ACDBE. We are currently working on our hub zone. So um, we have worked to get every uh, certification that we thought would create an opportunity for us. Great. And, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I think that you know, just being, um, you know, a part of NAPWIC, you know, offers some of those, you know, uh, opportunities as well to connect with people who have these certifications or people who can assist you with these certifications or just even knowing that some of these certifications exist and what and what benefit they can be to you. Okay. And with the permission from the host, may I ask one more question? Jackie, you can ask as many questions as you like. <laughs> <laughs> that well, is the segment that we're in right now. Is just about to ask her about her NABWIC experience. So this is perfect. Ask her what you would like. Okay. So my other question involved, you mentioned um, certainly going from that level to a higher one meant uh, changes. And you mentioned one of the changes, changes in infrastructure and having to bring on a, a you know, a SME and things like that. Um, can you talk about one particular uh, challenge that uh, was presented before the company, you know, handling that type of, of growth. Uh, one particular challenge you had and how you overcame it. Well, one of, one of the challenges is um, finding um, qualified and good people when, you know, in the construction industry, as soon as the weather breaks, you know, the, you know, people are, you know, back to work. So sometimes it is difficult to find experienced people on at, you know, the 11th hour, should I say. And so one of the things, that, and it was really hard, I mean, because we went from having um, basically, you know, five employees and using subcontractors to, you know, needing to have, you know, over 40 employees. And, and that's a lot, finding 40 employees with the level of experience that you have in, you know, you win the contract and, you know, three three weeks later you're starting. So, you know, doing having to find um, qualified employees in that short period of time we found to be very challenging. But one of the things that we did was we connected with um, our local um, uh, Michigan Works um, program. And so what they do is they provide training dollars. So, you know, we found, you know, maybe – seven, eight, nine, you know, people who were experienced, and then we brought on some um, some unexperienced people, and 
uh, Michigan Works provides the dollars to train these individuals, and now these individuals have been with us for two and a half years. And so Great. Those are the kind Thank of, you. Those, yep, those are the kind of resources that we tap to see where we could, you know, find qualified people. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, uh, that was one of the, the biggest challenges that we had was, you know, how are we going to staff up in three weeks? Mm-hmm. I can imagine. Thank you so much. For and sharing. thank you, Jackie, for those wonderful questions. To follow on with that, however, um, Jackie Perry is our marketing director for um, NABWIC, so we're thrilled with all the things that she's doing. But it now moves us into asking about your NABWIC experience because this is what the show is about. We want people to know that we have great people in NABWIC, and you're one of them. So what's what's been your experience? I'm really um, just I'm really excited about NABWIC, and let me just go back to a little bit of history so that, you know, maybe um, listeners can get a flavor for why I'm so excited about NABWIC. Because when I first started out and, you know, when I first incorporated um, the business back in 2002, I found myself being the, um, because of the type of work that we did, um, there were not a lot of women in that space. And still today I, I, I can find myself being the only woman in the room and the only, you know, minority in the room as well. And sometimes that can be very intimidating when you feel like you're the only person in the room that doesn't, you know, have all the experience required, you know, to do what you're attempting to do. So that's how I felt when I when I first got started. And so, you know, I sat in many, many of uh, bid meetings and bid openings whereby, you know, I didn't know what question to ask. Because you know, while while we worked in the business, we weren't on the um, the uh, the contract side of the business, and so that um, what what I feel that NAB would provide is um, uh, people in that space that you know you share those feelings with, and sometimes people that share those experiences can give you some uh, information that you would not ordinarily have, and. And the people who are invited to these meetings to speak provide information. Um, for example, uh, the last meeting that I went to, there was a person that sat in and she told us where the opportunities were. She gave us, you know, contacts that we could, you know, call and, you know, um, build relationships with. So these are the kind of people that we're bringing to the to the meeting um, that you can ask real questions of and get real answers to and find out where the opportunities are because oftentimes as, as small businesses, you know, we might not have a specific marketing department. So as an owner, you might be you might do marketing, you might do contract development, you might do project management. And so, you know, it is a it's a wonderful thing to know that you're getting you're getting speakers that are coming in that can, you know, provide an extension to your your marketing department of that of you as an owner when you're in the marketing department as well as, you know, the contract development department and, you know, all the things that all the hats that you wear as an owner to have an extension of that is it feels really comforting as well as have people around you that share some of your experiences. Hmm. Okay. So we're gonna take a break, um and have a commercial and then we'll come back and ask some additional questions. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
We are so excited to have you listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show. Please call, text, or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash NABWIC or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow us by liking our page and post your questions or comments. NABWIC's intent is to always go into the high schools and colleges to encourage our young black girls and women to enter into the construction industry and to take interest into the STEM programs that are offered. We encourage you to listen to this show or past shows on the internet by logging in at www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C. Thank you, and we're back. Welcome back. This is Ursula Odom, your host, and I am speaking with Rhonda Stevens-Grayer about her $10 million family business. Um. You just heard a commercial about NABWIC, and just so that you know, you can go to our site. I mean, in fact, in this description of, of this particular show, there's a link to NABWIC, and you can join, and then you can come tell your story, because we'd like to hear it. Now, Rhonda, when you're talking yeah. about a family business, <laughs> what are some of the family dynamics? How do you make a family business with seven different personalities work challenging to uh, just to say the least um, but I think that um, open communication and open dialogue is really important and um, having the vision and getting the buy-in for the vision for the company is, is something that was, has, was really important to, for us in order to be successful, in order to make sure that we're all on the same page and we're all moving in the same direction with respect to the vision. So I think that, you know, um, more um, just in my, just as I compare the meetings that I went to in when I was in corporate America, to me it, it, it's far more necessary to have, you know, the meetings and the strategic planning sessions and to make sure that everybody is part of that uh, strategic planning so that everybody has a role and everybody understands what their role is. So everyone has to feel like they're needed and yeah, they're absolutely. a part of it. Otherwise, absolutely. chaos happens. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes I, I, I've wondered why families with large um, numbers of people, siblings, to me, it felt like, you know, because I grew up um, as my mother's only child, so I always wish for brothers and sisters. And when I see a family of 10 people, six people, I, I think that there's no reason for them not to be absolutely wealthy. Because if you put $1,000 together, if you got six people, that's $6,000. To do that a month, then you can that could really add up. But what are some of the things that keep that from happening? Or how do you make that happen? How do you bring them together? I mean, you just told us one thing, but are there other things that you've done along the way? 
Uh, we have um, just as a uh, uh, family unit, we've always been very uh, cohesive. Um, we typically, you know, meet on holidays and, you know, enjoy each other's company. Um, you know, not all of us, you know, live in the area, but we all uh, contribute. Um, for example, um, I have a sister that lives in Florida, and from Florida, she handles, you know, a portion of the uh, people work in the business, and so she's here once a month, you know, as well, helping us out. So, you know, I think that, you know, being, uh, you know, uh, love and, and being cohesive is, I think, one of the things that, you know, really important. And, you know, we just try to um, take, you know, what everybody everybody's um, experience for now, I have, I have a brother and a sister that are both uh, engineers, and so we try to, you know, take um, their their expertise and and create value in it um, for the company. Um, and I think one of the things that that's really important is that now more than ever um, is a awesome time to be an entrepreneur, just because with social media, um, you know. You know, this is a great marketing tool, and you know, this is just feels like no better time than to be an entrepreneur is is today. Yeah, I tend to agree. It's, it's just with all the resources that are available to um, assist you in launching a business. Um, one of the things that was um, very instrumental to us early on was uh, uh, the PTAX, um, the Small Business Association. Um, the the PTAC and um, all the resources that the Small Business Administration provides. I mean, they'll help you put together a business plan. They'll help you do market research. Um, you know, just in you know putting together our growth strategy, we've had assistance from uh, you know PTAC and SCORE in putting together um, you know our marketing data and our, our research um, to you know put together our growth strategy. Mhm. So going back to um, your family structure, because I think this is my my interest because I I write about families and I write about personal history, so I tend to narrow in on that. When you go back to your upbringing, what were some of the life lessons learned from your parents? Or sayings that they had, or, or idiosyncrasies that they had. What were they like? What What was that family structure like? Well, um, now my dad was a very uh, non-argumentative person, very um, calm and very uh, collected, and you know, conservative and you know, reasonable uh, individual. And he really instilled that in us. Um, you know, you know how sometimes as a uh, you know, when you have six or seven siblings, you know, you'll fight and, you know, you'll, you know, call each other names. We were absolutely not allowed to call each other names. I mean, you no, know, you know, we could not say, we not, could not call each other stupid, you know, anything like that. So we were, um, we were raised to be very uh, cordial and, you know, courteous, you know, to one another. So wow. if, if, okay. if my dad found out that we had been uh, arguing and fighting with each other, then we had an argument and a fight with him, and I, you did not <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> because, and, and because he worked, his tolerance was low, though, 
because he worked very hard, and, you know, I said he worked two jobs, so he worked at General Motors, then he would, you know, get out of General Motors at 3 o'clock and go work construction for, you know, during the evening. So, you know, he was pretty worn out by the time he got home. And so, you know, if he had to deal with, you know, foolishness, then it was, it was not going to be nice for you. <laughs> we have a question, but I just want to make one one more comment. Um, you reminded me of a situation where I was passing my daughter's, um, and they were in, they were young, and they were in a room, and apparently they'd gotten into something. And one of them said, in the name of God, I said, hold on, I don't know what you're about to say, but God needs to remember that I love both of y'all, and you don't need to finish that statement. <laughs> <laughs> she was about to, put, about to put a curse on my other child. I said, I don't know who's right and who's wrong, but don't finish that statement. <laughs> Because God Absolutely. might answer before he realizes it. Wait, 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 wait. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> but anyway, we have we have a um, – oh, Jackie has another question. So, Jackie, your line is open. Okay, thanks again. It's just so fascinating just listening to uh, all the many aspects of the businesses, especially those that relate to the family dynamics. Uh, that's funny. Um my question is, with, again, a company of your stature of being in business, you know, for uh, the past uh, 30 years, I imagine that your company has probably garnered some awards, some recognition for, you know, achievements along the way. Uh, can you uh, cite some of those awards or recognition that you may have received either currently or in the past? Uh, yes, we received um, the, uh, in 2017, we received the uh, um, Genesee County um, Small Business um, of the Year Award um, in 2017. Um, we received, um, I think this was 2018, we received the uh, Michigan Works um, Employer um, of the Year Award, um, and uh, I just want to just definitely be a reminder too that we actually incorporated in 2002. So um, while we have 30 years of experience, we you know it was a sole proprietorship prior to that. So um, those are two of the awards that we've uh, received. Our greatest achievements have you know come in the last uh, two and a half years. So. Um, no, that's that's great. Congratulations! And one of the reasons I asked uh, again, um, we've got a newsletter that's going out. I would love to uh, maybe just feature you or highlight you in our uh, upcoming newsletter. So, thanks for that information and thanks for this interview. Oh, you're very welcome. So, with that being said, what are the things that you're most proud of? Uh, I guess I'm I'm most proud of just our ability to um, stay strong, you know, just in the face of, you know, we were not without our uh, our downtime and times where, you know, we struggled for work and, you know, just it became, you know, oftentimes very difficult to, you know, just stay afloat in the construction industry. And so that is cyclical, you know, and so that's one of the reasons why reasons why we went into um commercial rehab was so that you know we could have you know revenues you know all year round 
So um, I think that, you know, just the, just in the face of that was, you know, one of the, you know, probably the, the struggles that we had. Okay. So with with that, um, one of the things I'd like to ask you as well is that you never know what a person really wants to present as you, as they prepare for a show like this and, and they're responding to your questions, but is there something that you were thinking you wanted to ask that you haven't gotten a chance to, I mean, thinking you wanted to say that you haven't had a chance to, to, to present so far. So what have I not asked you that you want to talk about? Uh, just, um, <clears throat> just a word of just advice to, um, young people, you know, wanting to, you know, pursue entrepreneurship. I would say to, just to make sure that you keep your credit intact. Um, your credit intact is, is your working capital. It is your opportunity to fund your business. It is the opportunity to other for other people of significance, meaning your banker, your insurance company, your bonding company, to look at you and say, "Hey, you've got it together. You have this." With a with a good credit score, you immediately get you know a half a million dollars in four hundred thousand to five hundred thousand dollars in bonding. With nothing else, they'll do that for you. So I would say that you know because one of the biggest mistakes that we make. Um, is that, you know, once we, you know, get out of high school, you know, the credit card companies start coming at you and they'll throw, you know, you know, credit card offers at you. And I would just say be careful and make sure that you keep your credit intact, pay your bills on time, and uh, make sure that you're watching that. So let's assume that they haven't done that. How long does it take to get that straightened out, do you know? Probably um, six months to a year, I would say, of, you know, um, good sound strategies to, you know, increase your credit is in six months to a year. Great advice. Okay. Well, thank you for that. And it's been a wonderful conversation with you. Um, And you're always welcome to come back, especially as a member and when you – Make that next step. We want to know how you did that, too. So, again, thank you very much for sharing your story. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And to our listening audience, we are here every Wednesday at 8.30 a.m., and we would like to have you here as well. So join us live or listen on demand at any time. Until next week, take care. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.